The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Before we get into to the word, I want you to find it in your heart to be grateful. Just a, a, a point of gratitude to God. Think about it and say, Father, I thank you. It could be your salvation, the salvation of your soul. It could be your family. It could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be your career. It could be your business. It could be everything. It could be Nigeria. You know, they just find it in our heart to be grateful to God. And let's just say, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. What a mighty God you are. What a mighty God you are. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you. Thank you, the God that specializes in doing the impossible. Thank you. Thank you for not giving us over to the thoughts and the imaginations of the hearts of men. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. What a mighty God you are. Father, we thank you. Accept our thanks. Accept our worship. Accept our thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Now let's just say thank you to the Lord for answered prayers. Father, we, we thank you. This is the confidence that we have that when we pray, you hear us. And because you've heard us, we have that which we have requested of you. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. As the day answered for the world, my soul, forget
I just sleep like a baby. Nobody can do it. He says, no one can undo what I have done. I have proposed that you will be great and nobody can undo it in the name of Jesus. I have proposed that you will fulfill your destiny. And you see, what God is saying here is that I am unstoppable. That's what he's saying. It's, I mean, there's, there's an adage, you know, um, in the western part of Nigeria that goes something like, you know, if the elephant is marching, the grass that says to the elephant, you will not pass today. What will happen to the grass? The grass will be squashed. Anyone, any force that resists the fulfillment of your destiny will be crushed. Anyone, any force that resists the fulfillment of God's favorite house destiny will be crushed. In the name of Jesus. You see, the way it is set up is that hmm, God expects certain things to be in place. God has his own desires for your life. There are things concerning you that God wants to happen. And as far as God is concerned, God says as far as I am concerned, it is done. Praise the name of the Lord. So we, we can't walk around thinking does God really have a plan? Does, does God, can God really make this work? Can, can God really, no, 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 no. God is not waking up this morning and scratching his head as what's, what's going to happen today or to this girl or to this boy? What's going to happen? God is not doing that at all. God already has a plan. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. In case you are doubting it, they are thoughts of good and not of evil. God is a master planner. Have you tried playing chess with like a six-year-old boy or an eight-year-old girl before? I tried. There was an eight-year-old girl. The mom brought her to my house and, and she has won chess tournaments in our school. You know, eight-year-old girl winning chess tournaments, she must feel like, you know, like Kasparov. <laughs> Like a grandmaster. So, 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 so she came to the house and, I mean, we, we, we had a game of chess. But, you know, even though she was very good for her age, every move she was about to make, in fact, three levels, three moves ahead, I could see what she wanted to do. And I had to prolong the game so that it would be sweet. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, I had to prolong the game. So, I mean, I will sit, checkmate here, checkmate there. I will go in another direction. I will see one, two, three, four, checkmate. I will go in another direction. You know, and, and when the game was over, she got up and she told her mom, I gave Pastor a tough time. And I laughed, you know, I laughed because, I mean, it's amazing. There was nothing she could do that I could not see, even before she did it. That's how we are with God. There is no plan that you are coming up with that God is surprised. None. You are not about to checkmate him. It's not going to happen. <laughs> And you see, I have news for you. The devil is not about to checkmate him. He's the grandmaster. You see, and that is what he's saying. I am unstoppable. If, if, if I come up with an attack, nobody can stop me. If I come up with, with, a, with a plot, nobody can, can stop me. If I come up with a, with a um, there's what they call patterns in chess. If I come up with a pattern, nobody can resist that pattern. That's what he's saying. He said, I am 
unstoppable, totally unstoppable. So there's absolutely no way to outsmart or outmaneuver God. God is unstoppable. He says, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch you out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. No demon can do it. No sickness can do it. No power in hell can do it. No curse, generational or not, can do it. God's plans are unstoppable. Everybody say unstoppable. <laughs> totally unstoppable. I mean, so you may be here and you're like thinking that, oh, what your mom or your father has pronounced over you is going to stop your destiny. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it will be broken this season. In the mighty name of Jesus. You may be here and you're thinking, oh, my health, you know, is going to stop me. Listen, even your health is going to comply. In the name of Jesus. God is unstoppable. Our Father is unstoppable. And the way he's designed things, the way the church is set up, is that the church is actually set up to be unstoppable. The church of Jesus Christ was formed to be unstoppable. Jesus was speaking to the disciples in Matthew 6, 18. I mean, before then he was saying, would do men say that I am? Some say, you're Elijah, you're this, you're that. And by the time we get to verse 18, he says, and Peter had said that he was the son of God. He says, now I say unto you, Peter, this is Jesus speaking, that means rock. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the church, my church, will be unstoppable. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, it's good to be on God's side. Oh, yes. It's good to be on the winning side. If you are on the winning side, then um, when, when your team wins, you win. You rejoice. You, you, you may not even play a single game, but, you know, you wear the, the jersey <laughs> and you rejoice. The voice translation says, this is why I have called you Peter, rock. It says, for on this rock I will build my church. The church will reign triumphant even at the gates of hell. So, in other words, Jesus wants you to be unstoppable. Why? Because the church is made up of you and I. It's made up of lively stones. The church, the assembly of Jesus is made up of lively stones, you and I. And we are to be unstoppable. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, if God is for you, who can ever be against you? So that's one reason not to fear anybody, not to fear any opposition. Oh yes, one reason not to fear any opposition is if God be for us, we are unstoppable. Who can be against us? You know, someone puts it this way. I'm not even sure person is a Christian and Rand. The person says the question isn't who is going to let me. The, the question is who is going to stop me. The question is, isn't who is going to permit me to fulfill my destiny. The question is who, will, will this demon stop me or will this curse stop me. The question is what, permit me rather, the question is what is going to stop me. You see, as a child of God, you already have permission to fulfill your destiny. Many people are waiting for permission. Listen, I'm here to tell you permission granted. So the question is not 
who will allow you to do it? The question is, who is going to stop you from being all that you can? In Matthew 21, 44, Matthew 21, 44, you know, the word of God says that anyone who stumbles over this stone, this rock will be broken. Everybody that stumbles over your destiny in fulfillment will be broken. And as you move forward, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, anyone that tries to resist you, you will crush into powders. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, you know, um, some folks say that, Pastor, this is really serious. Yes, it is really, really serious. Because life is you have only one shot at it. Only one shot at life. Only one. And God wants you to fulfill your destiny. If you don't fulfill it, it is not to God's credit. God cannot be joyful. In fact, <laughs> do you know that there are millions of people, literally, that need you to fulfill your destiny? Millions of people that are dependent on you stepping up and being all that God has called you to be. There are people that are waiting for you. So it is not just about me and my, and my husband and my children. Or me and my, no, 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 no. There are people whose lives are going to be totally transformed because you are going to step up beginning from this season. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And you see, it is so, so, so powerful that when you are on mission, when you are on mission, it's one of the most powerful places to be, on mission. You know, there is a work, and there is the work. Many people are doing a work. Not many people are doing the work. When you are on mission and you are doing the work, you are actually unstoppable. Anyone that tries to stop you because you are doing the work, you can crush them. You know, I like the way, you know, Pastor Olawale PK put it. I mean, I think it was his second, first, second worship experience two weeks ago, when he, when he talked about no shoes allowed. And that's just beautiful illustration. When, when God said to, to Moses, take off your shoes, the tradition is such that it, it's actually, you know, he didn't go further, you know, probably because of time. The tradition is such that there's a change of role of, of personality and authority. So, so you take off your shoes like a covenant exchange. So what now happens is that God enters your shoes. And you enter God's shoes. When you enter God's shoes and you're on assignment, You see, don't come against somebody that is on assignment. They may do things that don't make sense. But God will back it up. You know why? Because it is not their shoes anymore. They've entered into God's shoes. Ah. That's why, that's why Joshua can say to the son, Stand still! Why? Because he has made the captain of the host of heavens and has told him to take off his shoes and that exchange has happened. And the sun stood still. That's why, even if you read in Acts 13, 10 to 11, Paul can say to Elimas, go blind. Elimas was trying to resist the mission. Elimas was trying to resist the gospel. And Paul says, go blind. And he went blind. It was a good thing God said for, Paul said for a season. 
The girl will have been blind for life. When you are on mission, you are unstoppable. And your life, you see, which is why there's, it, it doesn't make sense to want to live one day outside of God's will. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Which is why you have to be consumed with being in God's will. You have to be consumed in being immersed in the center of his mission for your life. And that's why in Luke 21, 15, he says, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that none of your adversary will be able to gainsay. None able to gainsay. Genesis 12, 3, God was saying to Abraham, I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. You know why? Because we have exchanged shoes. Abraham, praise the name of the Lord. It says, the scriptures we read, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock. It says, upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, if you, if you could highlight or underline the Bible, give me underline this rock. Upon this rock. What rock? Upon this rock, I will build my church. What rock? Upon this rock. Some people say it's Peter. So Peter is the rock of the church. No, wrong. That's not what Jesus was saying. Upon this rock, I will build my church. What rock? Upon the personal revelation of Jesus as the son of the living God. That is the rock on which the church is built. Jesus, you are the son of the living God. So, even though the church is a corporate entity, we are a community, a single person does not make up the church. Even though the church is a body, a single part of the body does not make up the body. Even though the church is a family, is a community, is an assembly, for you to be a part of the church, what happens must be personal, must be a personal revelation of Jesus as the Son of the living God. So, which means that there are things that are supposed to happen on the corporate level, but will not happen until you have a personal encounter with Christ. So, in other words, the corporate church can be moving in a direction and everybody is moving in a direction and nothing is happening in certain people's lives. You know why? Because they are not plugged into what is happening. They are physically present but they are spiritually absent. So you can't be physically in a place and spiritually not in that place. Jesus is saying for you to be unstoppable, for you to be, your life to be set up in such a way that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What must happen in your life must be a personal revelation of who God is, who Christ is, what God is doing. And that is so powerful because Before we can experience the corporate, we have to experience the personal and the intimate. So the fact that your father is a bishop doesn't make you a Christian. The fact that your husband forces you to church <laughs> or your wife forces you to church, you know, doesn't make you a Christian. You can be in church and not be a part of the church. What makes you to be a part of the church is, must happen on a personal level. Yes, as by the grace of God, we are moving 
corporately and we are going to be unstoppable and we are unstoppable in Jesus' name. And this season, by the time we get to PPP, you know, I mean, that is the climax, if you will, of this teaching, unstoppable. We are going to be dealing with things on the outside, things in the spirit realm, things that have been set in place to keep you bound for life. We are going to be reaching out, removing them, dismantling them in the name of Jesus. However, before we can even begin to touch those things that are external, we have to deal with the things that are internal. Unless we move forward on the things that are internal, the things that are external will elude us. So the main showstoppers that we're looking at today are internal showstoppers. What are those things that can attempt to stop you to, I mean, from fulfilling your destiny that are internal? If you can get rid of the internal showstoppers, the external one will be a breeze. Praise the name of the Lord. So, what are the internal showstoppers? A couple of them. Not ex- it's not like the exhaustive list. We'll go through a few of them. Then I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you an underlining principle that regardless of the other forms of internal showstoppers that you may be dealing with, if you apply the principle, you will break their back. And as you do, you move forward and become unstoppable in Jesus' name. The first one, I mean, we look at is stress. 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 <laughs> I know some people are like, I was, Pastor, that's not a spiritual thing. <laughs> stress. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Stress can be a major showstopper. Stress has stopped more people from fulfilling their destinies than demons. Do you know that? Stress has terminated people's lives prematurely more than the enemy in the village. In fact, all the demons and the enemy in the village, all they are trying to do is to make sure you are stressed so that you can self-destruct. It's a big deal because it affects people's destinies in an amazing way. You see someone that is, is, is I mean, is looking like twice his age or twice her age. Stress. Praise the name of the Lord. Today, by the time this season is over, God will have removed those things that that is called stress out of your life in the name of Jesus. And I said this season is over because our tribe series is, is, is geared in that direction also. Stress, let me give you some statistics that can, that will, I mean, shocked me. Or, I mean, I'm sure you find it interesting. Stress, they say, that is the basic cause of 60% of all medical ailments. Stress, 60%, that is big. So three out of four doctors' visits are stress-related. Three out of—I mean, so if you if you remove it, you solve sixty percent of all the sickness. So whenever we are praying for people that are sick that needs healing, the prayer line will be shorter. That will be less work for the pastor. Everybody will have less stress. <laughs> 60% shorter if you can just get rid of, of stress. In fact, do you know that? Do you know the, the, the average life expectancy of, of a male in Nigeria? Nigeria's average male life expectancy. You know what it is? Who knows what it is? Who can tell me? Someone say 45. 
47, 52, 80, <laughs> 48. <laughs> well, the last time I checked, this may have changed. The last time I checked, which was a few years ago, it was 40 years. So the average Nigerian man is not expected to live more than 40 years old. Many of you, you have broken that barrier already. <laughs> and you can see you're unstoppable already. <laughs> it is actually 40. It's scary. You see, people are dying. You just don't know. And you're there complaining. May God forgive you. Uh, yes, may God forgive you. Stress. They say it increases the risk of heart disease. And the number one killer, by the way, of these men is heart, heart problems, heart-related causes of death. Stress increases the risk of heart disease by 40%. 40%. It increases the risk of heart attack by 25%. It increases the risk of stroke by 50%. That's huge. We shouldn't be talking about that in church. Praise the name of the Lord. It's big. It's big. You see, if you can take stress out of your life, you'll be just looking younger and younger. Even if that's the only President of the Lord. You'll be looking younger and younger. I mean, when you take stress out, a lot of things are just in place. You're doing yourself a, you're doing, you're doing yourself a favor. You're glorifying God because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So many things are just So why do people say Oh, this is my stress. Have you heard it before? Oh, this thing is stressing me out. Oh, these are the things. I mean, this work is so stressful. And that is where you have to feed. And you call it stressful. So, what does that mean? Oh, these children are so stressful. Really? They're your children. They're going to be with you. Hopefully till you die. And you call them stressful. So, so, so what does that mean? So, well, Pastor, are you trying to say that I should deny the fact that my spouse is stressful? No, I'm saying that you will get what you say. For starters. For starters, you want to talk about that. Because you want to be all that God has called you to be. And you cannot be all that. God has called you to be, if you are stressed out, you can't be. You can't be. So the first place is to check your, 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 your language. Check, check your language. Praise the name of the Lord. Check your language. Play a lot. Laugh a lot. Play. It's okay to play. Everything will be strong in face. It's okay to play. It's okay to laugh. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, it's okay to play. And I, and I, and I, and I play a lot, and, and you should too. You should. You should laugh a lot. And it's scriptural. Proverbs 17.22 says to us, Proverbs 17.22 says that a cheerful heart is good medicine. It says, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You need strength to fulfill your destiny. You need your health to enjoy your wealth. You need life to help other people. And God is saying, cheer up. In fact, the title of our tribe 
series that is starting on Wednesday is Cheer Up. Cheer Up. <laughs> That's the title. Cheer Up. You need to cheer up. Don't miss it. Except you just want to keep strong in your face. Then don't come for tries. That's okay. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You know, and honestly, you, if you play a lot, if you laugh a lot, if you just allow God to be God, your life will be without stress. Your life will be without stress. I've, I've, I've given an example, you know, I gave you the first person experience, how years ago when we were still living in Nepal, I saw you, how my wife would wake me up dead in the night. She would wake me up, wake up, wake up! You know, and you know, it takes a lot of effort to wake me up. <laughs> a lot of effort. Because God gives his beloved. I mean, come on. It's part of the promises of God. So why, why would you just deny yourself of that beautiful promise? You know, when I'm walking, I'm walking. When I'm playing, I'm playing. When I'm sleeping, I'm, uh, you know. The problem with a lot of people is that when they are walking, they are playing. When they should be playing, they are walking. It's too strong. When they should be sleeping, they are walking. I mean, it just, it just mix everything up. So she wake me up. You know, I'm like, what is this? I'm just trying to rub my eyes. What have I done again? Because midnight talk has, has serious talk in my family. It doesn't, it think of it. it doesn't happen in a long time. Long time. I can't remember the last time he happened. But those days, uh, wake up! <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> there I was. And she's like, you know what the problem was? The problem was this. It's very simple. Why are you able to sleep? With all these problems that we have, why, you need to, why are you able to sleep? I'm like, excuse me, why am I able to sleep? Uh, do you know where we're going to pay our rent from? I said, I don't know. We are trusting God. And you are able to sleep? So think about it. If I don't sleep, will the rent be paid? Because I don't. At least you have been awake since. Has I paid the rent? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I mean, it hasn't. In fact, you need to sleep well so that you can wake up in the morning and go to Osu. So that you can pay your rent. We should stop. And it will tell. It will tell on your, on your physical body. It will tell. You know, I was, a few weeks ago, I was in Atlanta. I was in a conference, a pastor's conference, church leader's conference. And I was, I was sitting with these young pastors, you know, fired up guys. You know, one of them was, 29, one of them was 31. I mean, it was so refreshing to see young people that are part, do full-time ministry. 21, 31, 29, 31. Now we're talking and, and I don't know how we got to the place where they told me their age and they asked me my age and I, I told them to guess. The guy looked at me and said 30, 31. I said, add 12 more years to that. <laughs> and he could not believe his jaw dropped. And, and I knocked it off as, no, maybe this one couldn't estimate. Fast forward, two weeks, a week after that, I was playing the golf with a man. For some reason, he asked me the same question. And when the people ask me that question, I'm like, okay, so, guess. And guess what he said? He said, 32. I said, add 10 years to that. And he was shocked. Now, am I saying I'm I look 32? I don't think so. Don't get me wrong. But my point is this. I'm happy they said so. <laughs> don't be jealous. <laughs> number two, number two. By my estimation, maybe one or two years younger, I think. I don't know. But the point is this. When you carry the whole world on your head, 
what is left for Jesus to carry? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. That's his, I mean, that's not mine. That's his job. He's one. You've got the whole world. You've got the whole world. It is his job. It's not my own. Praise the name of the Lord. And when you say, when you look at stress, my conclusion is this about stress. And by, by saying that, it's not necessarily novel. The same way the guy that, that discovered the concept of stress, the scientist, the medical scientist. By the time he came up with it, he didn't know that over a hundred years before then, there was Hooke's law. If you did physics, you know Hooke's law. Stress on material, elasticity, and breaking point, and all that stuff. So the guy, but the guy saw that it is the same thing with human beings. When you put human beings under stress, they get to a point where they break. The same way in material science, when you put a material, a spring, a rubber, what have you, when you stress it, it stretches and stretches and reaches an elasticity limit and snaps. So what, my, what I've discovered about stress is this, it's simple. It's not what has happened to you that has stressed you. No. It's not what has happened to you that has stressed you. It's not about what has happened to you that is stressing you. So what is it? What's stressing me? It's simple. It is how you respond to what has happened to you that is stressing you. It is your response that is the stress. It is your response. It is how you respond. I did first worship experience yesterday. I mean, my heart broke. I sat down there and God showed me. I mean, people were crying. I'm like, people are crying? I mean, that service, maybe we're a hundred and something. I mean, less than a hundred people. People were crying. I mean, the call, and I mean, more than half of the, the church. I mean, I'm like, this is, that's it. Don't cry again. Satani lo ni banu jeo. If you don't know what that means, it means Satan is the owner of sorrow. Uh, no, no. Tim carries sorrow and go. Say, but pastor, these challenges are here. Rejoice. Rejoice. Regardless. So that when you are 42, they can be saying you are 31. Uh, there's so much. I need to learn this. Maybe third worship experience. Maybe, I don't know. But let's see. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, be anxious for nothing is an instruction. Be anxious for nothing. Be it, it is your decision. It's be anxious for nothing. By prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You know why it surpasses all understanding? Everything on the outside should make you worry. But that peace will make you calm. And it will guard your heart. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. So, so, so pastor, I should play a lot, yes. I should laugh a lot, yes. You know, why? Because that's what the Bible says. Cheer up. Be anxious for nothing. That's what the Bible says. says but I have this challenge before me. You know, another thing, way of removing stress, eradicating stress. After you have prayed, after you have committed it to God, after you have taken it out, that is one part. There's another part of eradicating stress that is mostly overlooked. I'll tell you. 
and it's called wisdom. I was a wisdom. Wisdom is a stress buster. When you're a foolish person, you'll be doing so many things, reinventing the wheel, killing yourself, breaking your head. You, motion is not progress. Motion is not progress. You know, the western part of Nigeria, there's something they say that Kirakita, Odola, Shekini, Oh, yeah, complete it. Now, let me interpret it. It means that, it means that also does not lead to breakthrough. You should also, but also by itself. And if you look at Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10, Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10, wisdom is, is a stress buster. It's too powerful. It's too powerful. I can tell you. I can give you examples of my life. I look at a situation. Phew, I just diffuse it. And I just live my life stress-free. He says, using a dull axe requires great strength and gives stress. He says, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. If the axe is dull, I think it was um, Benjamin Franklin that says that if you give me 10 hours to fell a tree, I will take eight, six, say eight or six hours to sharpen my axe. Then I will use two hours to chop the tree down. Which one is more stressful? Eating it for 10 hours and the tree is still not going to come down. Or just going for two hours and it's down. Which one is more stressful? Do you know the difference? The person that is going to sharpen his axe will look like a fool. We look like he's not active. We look like he's passive. You know, many of you, you have books. You have not read those books. You are praying to God. And God is saying, why are you disturbing me? I've given you the answer. It's, in, it's on your shelf. It's under your bed. Go and read it. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Go and read. You, you buy the book. It's there. You, it's going to take time to read. Yes. But once you have done reading, it's going to take lesser time to execute. You will be stressless. What everybody, other person is doing. Yeah, you see them. It's as if Honestly, it's, it's, it's even ridiculous the way some people approach work. It's totally ridiculous. Praise the name of the Lord. <sighs> there are other internal showstoppers like self-doubt. You doubt yourself. Keep doubting yourself. Listen, if you are going to be all that God has called you to be, you need to overcome that. I'm going to tell you how shortly. You need to, because you, you cannot overcome the external resistances if you are still doubting yourself. And the enemy will do everything to make you doubt yourself. Everything. But you have to overcome it. Another internal showstopper is the feeling of rejection. The feeling of rejection. Just feel rejected. Feel nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Listen, it's a big fat lie. God loves you. God cares about you. Say, Pastor, can you show me, please? I need to see. It's simple. It's in the Bible. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. From eternity to eternity. From lie lie to lie lie. I have loved you. That's what God has said. 
And you see, I, I've shared with you before how God delivered me from the spirit of rejection. It's actually a spirit. Those things are spirit. Actual spirit beings. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to go into the detail of that testimony now. <laughs> Maybe at the third service. I don't know if there's time. But I must have shared it before. How God literally delivered me from the spirit of rejection years ago. He walked out of my life. And the Holy Spirit took me to the day I was born. Huh. It was an experience. And after that deliverance, was me and the Lord, though. me and the Lord alone. After that deliverance, all of a sudden, people's opinion about me didn't matter. I loved people, I cared about what they said, but what you say cannot keep me bound. Lie, lie. It's not going to happen. Why? Because I've been delivered from the opinions of men. I've been delivered from trying to make people like me. If you are worrying about who likes you or not, you are in the shackles, shackles of the spirit of rejection. When you, when you, how do you know? When you were dressing up this morning, what were you thinking about? Are they going to like this dress? Who, who, who are they? You are still struggling with the spirit of rejection. Jesus will set you free today. So, while God set me free, guess what? Even when God sets us free, we have to be on, on guard. The Bible says, let he that thinks he stands. What? Take heed. Next is four. So we have to be on, on our guard. So, a few weeks ago, my, my wife dropped me off in a place where I, I went to play golf. And after the game of golf, I came out, you know, I was looking for a ride home. So, I, I pulled up my phone launched the Uber app, you know, I saw a few cars around me, so I requested for, for a ride, you know, and when it was about a minute for the car to arrive, the lady called me and she says, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm your Uber, blah, 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 blah. I, I have other, I need to go, I can't take this ride. And she drove off, and when she dropped the call, I felt what I used to feel years ago, over a decade ago, when this deliverance thing happened. All of a sudden, it was like it was about to envelope me. Even Uber is rejecting you. <laughs> Nobody loves you, you know. I, I mean, I kid you not. And I was there, and it was about to envelope me. I said, no, 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 no. If you were looking at me, you were like, what's wrong with this guy? Because, you know, spiritual things, you have to dramatize. Uh, you have to dramatize. Say, no, 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 no. I called the spirit by name and I dealt with it in the name of Jesus. And he packed his bag and left. And I didn't feel it again. Now, now, now. That is me, your pastor. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying that. Well, I may be a little bit I hate spiritually. Maybe. It's possible I am. And I can still struggle with those things. And I am still, I mean, you know. So I'm telling you, we are men of like passions. And as I drop the curtain to this, everyone that will be unstoppable must combat and overcome the deep-seated feeling of inferiority and inadequacy. Everyone that will be unstoppable must combat and overcome these internal showstoppers. Make up your mind. Many of you, you need to get this message. You need to download it. You need to soak yourself in it you need, until it becomes flesh in you. So what's the principle? Two things. Yeah, I think it was Craig Rochelle that said that when we are obsessed with what people say about us, we forget 
what God says about us. When we are obsessed with what my mother-in-law will think, it's okay to, to care about it. But I'm saying being obsessed with it, you're obsessed with what this person will say, what that person will say. We forget what God has said about us, that we are loved, that we are the apple of his eyes, that there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus, that no one can rescue us from his hands. We forget. That's principle number one. Second principle is, I mean, what's... I shared that the Holy Spirit said to me at the last God Reading service, which is you hold on to the word until you hear his voice. So where are you struggling? Are you stressed? Are you Struggling with self-doubt. Is it the feeling of rejection? What is it? What is the internal apparential stopper that is confronting you? Hold on to his word until you hear his voice. Hold on to his word. What has he said about that situation? Hold on to it. Stand in front of the mirror. Prophesy it over your life. Speak over yourself. Hold on to his word. But you see, the struggle will continue until you break through. You break through when you hear his voice. You break through when you hear his voice. Once you hear his voice, it's as if you have the substance of what you are believing God for. Hearing God's voice silences every doubt. Puts everything at rest. Gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Even in the midst of the storm. Let's bow our hearts and bow our heads. Let's sing the song to the Lord. You are beautiful. You are calm. You never change, my father. Oh, there is none like you, Jesus. you need to be born again. You know that you need to come to that personal space where it's you and God. So that you can gain victory even over all that we have talked about. You are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I have never given my life to Jesus. Or I, I used to be born again. I've given my life to Jesus at some point. But I've gone back. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. You're like, I thought I had given my life to Jesus. But it's evident that I have not. Put up your hand now and I'll pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. That's me. Put it up. God bless you. Now put it up. Put it up. Put it up well over your head. Shoot it up over your head. God bless you. God bless you. Keep it up. Keep the hands up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Over there. My sister. That corner. God bless you. That is me. That is me. Put up that hand. Put up that hand. Pastor, pray with me. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Another hand over there. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me. The rest of us, let's talk to God about what we have heard. 
Let's tell him about our lives. Let's say to him, Father, I bring my life to you. Thank you because you've made me unstoppable. Ah, I can see today, I am going to crush every showstopper in my life. I am going to subdue and crush them in the name of Jesus. I am going to prevail. I am going to prevail. I receive the power to prevail. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you, Lord. We ask that you breathe upon them. Change these lives. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Let's rise, get up for the Lord.